Hey guys, Ryan with Cajun Cardboard coming at you from the great state of Louisiana and I have a very special guest, a good friend of mine, my elevator buddy that I met in the elevator in Atlantic City uh, at my very first ever card show at the National. He made me walk down the boardwalk with a bum knee and a torn hamstring just so he could he could tell me about his collection and tell me about his cards and more importantly tell me about the company that we're going to talk about today that he is the CEO and the founder and owner of and it is called Veriswap. I've got Raymond Lee hailing from the great uh, continent slash country of Australia. Raymond, welcome to the show. I'm excited to chat with you today. What's up? How's it going, Brian? Uh, hello from Sydney, Australia. I recently moved here about a, about a month ago. So uh, Veriswap is technically uh, technically Australian based now. That's awesome. What are the odds and what other hobbies are out there where uh, some guy from Baton Rouge, Louisiana on a random Tuesday night could chat with some guy in Australia <laughs> about cards and about, uh, you know, a company that's that's new into the hobby. We're skinnier. We're talking about basketball cards and we're continents away. We are literally as far away from each other as we could possibly get, I think. Yeah. Kind of hold down both sides of the globe. you on one yeah. side and me on the other side. Uh, uh, but it's I, a pleasure to be on today. Two questions for you. Number one, what, where in Australia? Where are you in Australia? I'm in Sydney. Okay. So it's on the it's on the east coast of Australia. Uh, just think about it as like, you know, the LA of Australia. You know, there's a lot of beaches. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty big city. Uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, Let me tell you, uh, the one thing I learned real quick in this hobby, and uh, and I can name drop right now, there are some badass collectors in Australia. There is definitely a huge hobby presence in Australia. I think all of the collectors in the rest of the world uh, have a great respect for some of the collectors in Australia, specifically Michael Jordan card collectors. I, I have definitely come to the conclusion that some of the biggest whales out there in the Jordan market live in Australia. Have you run into any of those guys? I mean, do you have guys that you run with? I know you just got there, so you may not have crossed paths yet, but be on the lookout. They got some monster Jordan collectors in Australia, my man. Yeah, I've, I've heard. Um, I've met a few collectors. Um, I've met uh, Ed Lee, uh, Drew uh, in, in Australia. We like met up for lunch the other day. Uh, but I'm actually going to a card show uh, this Saturday. So okay. I'll report back to see what it's like. Um, yeah, it's going to be nice uh, to, to kind of grow. I've never been to one in a different country. Yeah. I, yeah, me neither. I've only been to one in my life, right? And Atlantic City <laughs> felt like a different country from where I'm from. But uh, I'm actually going to a card show this weekend as well. I'm going to a big Dallas show, which is, I think, a quarterly show. Uh, oh, yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get down there and meet a lot of people and, and kind of rinse and repeat and, and, you know, take what I learned at the Atlantic City show and and apply it. I've got some nice cushiony shoes. I'm going to pace myself, you, you know, so <laughs> I can make it through the whole show. But I got a full Friday and a full Saturday all day to walk the floor, shake some hands, kiss some babies and uh, and meet some people. I, I loved that about Atlantic City. Uh, just get a chance to meet you and so many other people in the hobby. I loved it, man. I loved it. Um my next question, I said I had two questions. My other one was, where did you move from? Where were you before you moved to Australia? I was in New York. Uh, so when you met me, um, I was living in New York for about a month and a half. Uh, you know, I just uh, had lived there for eight years before. Uh, wanted to, you know, kind of stay there, uh, yeah. build Veriswap uh, while I was, you know, preparing for the national. Uh, my co-founder is there too. So it just like, like helped to like, I'll, I'll be in person as well. I got you. Well, so what, what brought you to Australia? How did you go from oh, New York to Australia, let me, man? Let me, let me tell you. That's, that's a very good question, Brian. Uh, I visited in 2019. Okay. I was actually going to move here in 2019 and do cards full time. Uh, I absolutely fell in love with this place. I mean, it's just beautiful, awesome beaches, um, you know, a lot of nature. But also there's like a city aspect. I feel like there's no other city in the world that has both the beaches and such a big city at the same yeah. time. Uh, I can't name a single one off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, except for except for Sydney, um, yeah. so for those of you guys listening, would definitely recommend uh, checking out Australia. It's a little bit far from everything, but guarantee the fifteen hour flight is totally worth it. Yeah, it's not on the way anywhere, but but the destination it's not on the way anywhere. Is, yeah, it's worth the fifteen the hours. From what I've heard, when I think of Sydney, I don't, I don't, I'm, I am like an ignorant person from Louisiana, but when I think of Sydney, I think of that that music hall or what concert hall or whatever it is in the picture Opera of it. Yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah, that's what I think of when I think of Sydney, you know, and the bridge, the bay and all that stuff. And so uh, I'm geographically challenged if you get outside the United States. But um, but uh, that's fantastic, man. Well, look, good luck in Australia. 
And uh, and I know you're going to meet tons of really great collectors down there because I've gotten to meet them, you know, virtually, albeit, but uh, gotten to meet them down there as well. So um, so tell me about uh, just generally speaking, I'm going to ask you who, what, where, when, why questions. Um, yeah. Where? How did you get in? The, first of all, when did you get in the hobby? When in the hobby? Uh, that that's an interesting question. I, th I think it depends on kind of like perspective. Uh, so growing up, you know, I'd always collected cards. Uh, actually, grew up in Shanghai, China, okay. um, and Pokemon was really big there in the early 2000s. Uh, so my friends and I, we would, you know, watch all the Pokemon movies, play all the Pokemon games, uh, trade trade Pokemon as well as the you know physical Pokemon cards. Yeah. Um, so you know, was really involved in Pokemon at a really young age. Uh, similar story to everyone else. I mean, kind of just forgot about uh, cards, you know, for the next 20 20 years of my life, um, until uh, you know, fast forward to. I would say two years after uh, graduating from college, um, I was working um, in a finance job that I absolutely hated. Uh, you know, I was working 15 hours a day from like 8 a.m. to 1 What year was that, right? What year was that? Uh, this is in 2018. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I kind of just like took this job because I didn't really know like where I was going with my life. Uh, yeah. You know, it was just kind of like the plum job that everyone had like wanted out of college. Um, and I kind of just did it because everyone else is doing it. Like I didn't really think too much about it. Right. Um, I was miserable. I quit after like eight months. I was like, I can't, can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. Um, and one day I was just sitting at home applying for jobs and I was on LinkedIn and I saw this Gary V article where he posted about his top card investments, you know, the Fleer Jordan, the 2013 Giannis Prism, the Fleer Jordan sticker. Yeah. Uh, Fleer Jordans back then were 30 K each to give you a frame of reference. I was there. Um, <laughs> you, were, you were there. I was in that world. <laughs> yeah. I, I can tell from the from your background, you know, it's uh, at the 86. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, uh, from that point on, you know, I joined some basic groups, started talking with people. Um, yeah, I just had a blast. Just like, you know, I was talking with like one of my first friends, Kelly. Uh, he was like this guy from Montana. We would just like literally like spend up, spend like all night just chatting about cards, about uh, eventually about life. Um, and he convinced me to go to the national that year. Yeah. Uh, so went to the national met a ton of really, really cool people. Got to see the cards in person. Uh, I mean, you probably experienced the same thing, Ryan, but like, I feel like going to a card show in person, especially national makes the experience so much better and so much more fun. Yeah. What well, substantiates um, it. it, it validates what we do to, to get into that room. And it's shock and all, and I can only speak from the one national card show, but like, when you walk into that room, you're like, yeah, there's a lot more people like me than I thought. Like this, and this is just a fraction of the people worldwide. These, these are the people who actually have the means and the access and the proximity to come to Atlantic City of all places. It's, it's, it's one out of a hundred people doing what we do worldwide. So it just kind of validates what we do to see this many people that share our similar interests. You know, um, it was awesome. Exactly. Yeah, I, I definitely had an awesome experience. And yeah, like the same thing, like you said, just like, uh, like validating interests, like no, no one I know collects pictures of sweaty men on cardboard. Right. Uh, apart from like people that I have met at the national met, met at shows or like, um, have, have met on Facebook. Um, yeah. but yeah, just having that first, ex first hand experience in person, I think that's what set me off. So I just kind of like did more and more, um, you know, I, at first I just wanted to make some side income to support myself while, you know, I, I was searching for jobs. Um, but eventually, you know, I, Dug deeper and deeper and just kind of became obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, fast forward a few years, um, I I did the whole like, you know, buy raw grading thing. Um, I was probably like one of the biggest PSA submitters at one point. Like I would submit like probably a thousand cards a week. Um, so you're big time, man. You you dwarf me. I thought I, I thought I had a horrible addiction. <laughs> a thousand cards a week. What were you submitting? Base prism? That was the move, so they were, right? Based prism, but also like higher end cards. Uh, oh, like, so you were a step ahead. You were a step like ahead. Zion, Mosaic, yeah, like Zion Mosaic Silvers, like those types of things. Um, yeah, it was like a mix of mix of everything back yeah. when like it was it, it was hot. Um yeah, so like I would like, you know, I, in 2020, 2020, like I lived in LA and I would like drive down to PSA every week and hand them the cards. Uh, and then I would like jealous. you know, literally just like once I picked them up, I would ship them. Uh, ship them back home because you know couldn't carry them um and then yeah just like deal with them that way um and then yeah that that was in psa had like very long turnaround times um and then 
eventually after that i started getting into like flipping uh, yep. by then i had like done cards full time so i was like you know i need to support myself um so i was flipping cards for about a year after that and i think after doing about for a year um i felt like um i wanted to expand to uh something else where uh i'd like solve a problem in the hobby like for example like when i was trading cards um i found it like really annoying to like have to like you know chat up one person at the same time um mm -hmm. and it was like a very manual process um so i wanted to think of ways to like reduce the time that it took to trade cards make offers and ultimately close deals yeah that was a very long-winded story, but if you have any questions about like any step of that, your story is very similar to my story. Uh, I, I, you know, made my my money in this hobby, my seed money in this hobby by buying raw base base prism, yeah. uh, rookie cards, grading them with PSA, and then selling them. And um, right. it was like shooting fish in a barrel. Do they say that in Australia or LA or New York? It was like shooting fish in a barrel. I, 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 I mean, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really easy, right? You get a fish in a yeah. barrel, you shoot them with a gun. It's a shotgun. <laughs> uh, it was that easy, man. Look, buying uh, De'Aaron Fox base prism for $3. Yep. Grade the card, get a PSA 10, and sell it for $90, right? It doesn't yep. sound like a lot of money, but that's, you know, after you pay your grading fee, that's freaking nine X, you know? So, yeah. and, and back then PSA was handing out tens like candy, man. Yeah. I mean, you know that if you were doing what I was doing in 2018 and 19, you were getting 65, 75, 80, oh, yeah. sometimes 80% PSA tens. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. What's, what's, what's your record? What's your record, by the way? Like what, what was the highest percentage you got out of every? The year? highest I ever received was a uh, eighty-one point something percent. You know, I'm a nerd. I got spreadsheets. I know you would be similar. What, what was your record? I, okay, I went like forty-nine out of fifty once. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and, yeah, don't tell me there's not pop control going on or some type of change. I photos in my phone. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it, it was too easy, man. It was too easy, and. uh you know, people are like, what should I do to make money? I was like, man, take a time machine to 2018. You could have bought damn near anybody. You could have bought Gary Trent and made a fortune. <laughs> you could have bought yeah. anybody you wanted. Pascal Siakam, fill in the blanks. It doesn't even matter. All you needed yeah. to do was put them in slabs, and then you were going to get a humongous premium. And, you know, you know, some of us who got lucky, we were doing it with Doncic and Donovan Mitchell and Tatum and the guys that actually not only did, you know, did you get that margin from taking a card from Raw, grading it, and selling it as a 10, but – because PSA turnaround times, Raymond, were so long, well, Doncic went from a prospect to an all-NBA guy by the time I got my yeah. damn cards back. And so now you've got, you got a $400 card that you paid 8 or $9 for. I mean, that is nuts, right? That doesn't <laughs> exist now. Um, I still think, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I still think, and I'm doing it, there is a buy-raw grade flip move to be made out there. And you can make great margins doing that you just can't buy the same stuff that you were buying back in 2018 and 19. You've just got to adapt and change the card that's in the slab, but that money is still there. That margin is still, still there to be made. I think, do you agree? I think so. Um, I definitely agree. You need to be more careful, right? Like, um, yes. you gotta be more careful with the cards that you buy. Um, I would say like maybe buying raw and grading is not the best Maybe Like crossing over probably the best, better move, right? Mm, if you have like a okay. BGS9, you're like, okay, like, this nine could possibly be a PSA 10 or like a PSA nine. Yeah. Right. Um, I think there's a, there's definitely a move to be made there. Uh, maybe with like the lower, maybe with like the, uh, not, I wouldn't say like lower end grading companies, but you know, like uh, the grading companies that are like probably like not as popular. Uh, maybe there's like, you know, a move to be made there for like the cheaper cards. Agreed. Uh, CSG nines. CSG nines. CSG nines. Definitely above raw, right? Like. Um, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Crack them and see what happens. It's worth a shot. You miss every shot you don't take. I, I'm with you. Uh, I'm jealous of you because there are so many nights where I go to bed and I'm like, God, I wish I could get in this damn hobby full time. I have so many ideas and so many experiments. I want to go buy 50 Jason Tatum silver CSG9s and BGS9s yeah. and crack them and submit them to PSA and just see what happens. I just want to see what yeah. happens and then make a video and share it with everybody else. Because I think a lot of people out there are inquisitive like we are. And we want to know, like, if we do a huge sample size, 
what happens here? You know, is there a margin? I've got all sorts of ideas about whether, you know, there's ways to make money in the hobby. I just don't have the time to, to experiment it. And, uh, and time is not on my side because I do have to feed my family and my kids. And so uh, I had to keep my day job. Are you full-time in the hobby? Are you full-time Veriswap and cards and all full-time hobby? Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Well, but uh, yeah, maybe if you uh, if you take this like high risk content move, uh, maybe you'll become the next YouTuber worth a million subs, uh, and you'll be able to feed your family yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm only uh, 998,000 subs short of where I need to get to quit my full time job that I've been doing for 20 years, uh, and I'm not complaining. I have a very very good job that's very flexible and yeah. uh, allows me to spend lots of time on cards and kids and wife. So it's a uh, it's a good situation for me. So I'm not going to mix of everything. Um, all right. So, so you got in, you have a very similar story to me. I mean, buy raw grade flip, you know, and it was that easy. Um, did you, did you get out of the buy raw grade flip game? And when you were saying you were flipping cards, are you, uh, do you, are you also buying slab cards, trying to buy low, sell high or trying to buy low, hold and sell high? Are you making those types of moves or is it primarily, uh, involving a grading company and then trying to, to get your margin through the grading? Yeah. Uh, it was mainly through, uh, Grading raw, but I also did the thing where you know I'd crack nines, PSA nines, BGS nines, and try to like submit them or resubmit them. Yeah. Um, and then you know hope for hope for a ten. And honestly, like I feel like that was maybe even like more successful because a lot of the raw cards that I got like had problems with them. But you know a nine, you at least like know is not that bad. At least you know it's not a PSA seven. Well, at least you know it's not a PSA seven. Yeah. No. <laughs> I've had stories of sevens going to tens though. That's <laughs> hey, I hope to have a story. I, I got some Jordan Kenner starting lineups that got like PSA fives and sixes. I did a video on it. I, I, I said, you know what? I'm not standing for this. There's no way this is a six. I cracked yeah. it and I resubmitted it. I filmed it, everything. I've got a great before and after video coming. I know I'm going to get a nine. Now, if I get a PSA nine, it'll be a home run. What, what's the most, right Raymond, what's the most you've ever uh, resubmitted the same card to PSA? Uh, like most number of times? Yeah. Same card. Uh, probably like five or six. Tell um, me about it. Tell me that. However, story. there's no, there's no like. Um, I feel like it kind of like became a point where it was like too tough to track. Um, but on average, like I would say, I probably averaged three, three per card for like the non-numbered stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I would so okay so like back then you used to be able to do uh, minimum grade tens, so yeah, you wouldn't have to practice if they didn't grade out. You could just like. You know, just take it out, put it back in, <laughs> and and then put a new card saver, and then you know, uh, roll it back up again. Yeah. Um, obviously, now it's a little bit tougher. Um, now they now they track serial numbers. Um, I, I don't know if you've like tried to like submit like a serial number card before, but like for ones that are like graded, you know, out of twenty five or lower, usually they'll sure. track the serial number. Do they? Um, I've wondered. I've wondered if they did. So if I so let's say I got a Damian Lillard gold eight number serial. We're talking not talking about cert number on the slab. We're talking about the actual serial number of the card. A Damian Lillard gold eight out of ten stamped. If I crack that from PSA slab, resubmit it to PSA, they know they've graded that before. They keep track of that. If it was graded recently, yes. But if Here, it was, I'm like, telling you, it was graded in like 2012, okay. probably okay. not. Well, here's let me just tell you. So. Here's why I don't know about that. And let me tell you why. Because I just yeah. did that with an Anthony Simons orange that I yeah. had. There was a PSA 9. I graded it in 2018, okay, right yeah. when I bought it. Came back PSA 9. I held it for four years. And I just had it, and I was like, you know what? It's 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 down to $18 uh, or it's like 22 or something. I was like, I'm just going to crack it out and just try it. It's worth another 22 because an orange – Anthony Simon's rookie PSA 10 is like a $2,000 card or something stupid. Yeah. And then a PSA 9 is like $400 or $500. Yeah. And I'm like, why wouldn't I try this? Hell yeah, I'm going to try it. So I cracked it and sent it. I got a 10. And it's serial wow. numbered out of 49. So maybe, maybe the first time, right? Yeah, but maybe that's it. Maybe the first submission was just before they started tracking yeah. serial numbers. Yeah, that's probably yeah, I think they right. only started tracking the serial numbers probably like earlier this year. Okay. Um, they, they, they used to send like post it notes being like, oh, like this. This, you know, Herbert Gold out of 10 used to have this serial number. But I think now they just stopped doing it. Now they just start started just like re-slamming with the old grade and just charging people for it. So well, they want the money. Yeah, yeah. they want the money. I don't blame them. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would too if I were PSA. 
Of course, of course. Well, the lesson there is go buy case hits that don't have serial numbers, right? Go buy Auroras and Cornerstones and Kabooms and crap like that. Cornerstones, Kabooms. Yeah. Which one's your favorite out of those case hits, by the way? Uh, I like Blank Slate. I like Aurora. Um, I don't really like Downtowns or Kabooms. That's just me. I'm not the most cartoony type person. I don't like that yeah. mixture. Of, I know a lot of people like the comic book feel of those. I don't really personally like it. That's just my opinion. Um, I like blank slates. I like Aurora's. Um, uh, yeah, those those kind of stand out to me. Those are the ones that I probably like the most. I really like yeah. the Aurora's, and that's really the, the only yeah. Court King card that I like. Uh, a Color Blast, obviously, I love Color Blast. Those oh, are Color Blast is cool. Yeah, yeah, I think Color Blast is awesome. Yep. I, th I think the Aurora's like, I personally like cards that have <clears throat> that are dark but have like really perfect corners. Mm -hmm. um, yes, yeah, like the Aurora. Tough. The, uh, the the core king's level four, like the Luca in a PSA ten is a pop one. Uh, like I think that card is really underrated. Yeah, um, but it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I like court kings. I've never. Uh, I think maybe I've opened one box of court. I don't. Not a huge wax ripper, uh, and it's not really on my list of target products, but. It's growing on me. I, I like it, you know. And, and back then, in 2018, in Lucas' year, in 2017, uh, those were on-card autos. I think on everything, right? Um, yeah. And then they've got that canvas texture on the cover. Those are beautiful cards, man. I've got a nice Luca Doncic uh, era parent ruby gem uh, number to 99 that I've got that I just put on Instagram. It's one of the few Lucas I have left. I kind of cashed out of Luca at the peak, um, yeah. which is a it's a blessing and a curse. It's great because I, I make great money, but it's a curse because I'm like. I really like Luca. I really think he's special, yeah. and I'd like to hold him long term. But I, I still think there's so damn many, man. There's just so many options for Luca rookies. I just worry about all these ultra modern prospects after you know 2017. There's just so many printed and so many options. I'm not really sure what's going to stick, you know, 10, 12 years from now. You know, we just it's hard to kind of. I mean, we think gold is, you know, we know one of ones, but like shit, there's 151 of one Doncic rookie cards. That's <laughs> yeah, lot. that's a lot. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, no, I 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, and, and the printing is only going to expand. Is only going to you know. There's only going to be more and more of it as like new products come out, right? Yeah. People find like more ways to monetize. Well, we hope we hope you know fanatics rolls in here sooner rather than later, and maybe expedites this transition. And then maybe they, you know, maybe we're naive, man. Look, maybe we're naive, but I would like to think they've listened to the pulse of the hobby because I think the overwhelming feedback from guys like us, and I, and I think I speak for most people, is more is not better, more is worse. Like. A, don't print as many of each product. Don't print as many products. Don't make as many parallels. Don't make as many fake jersey patches. Like, just give us quality over quantity and let the yeah. hobby sort out what the true value is and, and which parallels, you know, we want. I mean, I think eight is an awesome number for the number of parallels. You know, eight is something like that. Four yeah. might not be enough. Like, 2012 Prism, you know, you've got the silver, green, and gold. That's it. That's all you got, silver, you know? Yeah. Um, and then 2013, a little bit more, and then it just starts doubling and it just goes at infinitum. And so I'm hoping that fanatics will maybe listen to us and, and really do a nice, you know, sample of what the hobby wants and a survey and make some better decisions and kind of return us to those uh, tops Chrome days where there's just not as many um, parallels out there. So, um, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I feel like uh, it also makes like entering the hobby a lot easier, right? When you only like, see that there's it's not as overwhelming when you see like the checklist only has like you know eight or ten parallels uh versus like i don't even know it's impossible like, raymond it's impossible <laughs> like to collect <laughs> prism if if a new person came to you look you and i've been doing this for years right i mean yeah. years and years and and we feel like we have a pretty good grasp of the hobby but if a new person came to you and said hey i want to collect prism basketball uh talk me through the parallels it's impossible <laughs> like there's there's so many parallels just in Prism, but but guess what? There's also Prism Choice. Guess what? There's also Prism Fast Break. I mean, when you add up all the parallels from all the Prism products, and now they're coming out a year and a half, two years after the people's rookie year, it's like, what are we doing here, man? Just make less products. Stop making Chronicles and stop making Recon and just make the next year's products. Like if the complaint is we don't have access to printers because of COVID or whatever supply chain crap, whatever excuse you want to make up, just don't make those products. Make the products that people care about. Just instead of making right. 35 basketball products, make 12. Yeah. They yeah, matter. Make sure <laughs> Everyone better. should matter, you know? Everyone's happy. There's quality, right? Yeah. 
yeah, I think yeah, I think the hobby needs to take a step in that direction because I think we're we're starting to see the effects of like overprinting, right? Like there's all these like we random are. parallels. Um, I still hold, I still think like the whole like jersey versus non jersey thing. Like people, I think people should care about it. So I'm sorry, the game worn versus non game worn. Yeah, I feel like people should care about it, but they don't care about it enough. I think they're burying their head in the sand. You got to be kidding me if you don't care if that really is. That's like saying you don't care if that's really his autograph or a facsimile. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like why do we want a fake autograph or a fake patch? Like, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. You know, I get it. The card does look the same. Aesthetically, staring at the card, it looks yeah. the same. You know, whether Lucas signed it or his mom signed it, it looks the same. <laughs> but I'd like to know that Lucas signed the card. I'd like to know yeah. that, you know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority on that one. But, uh yeah. Uh, well, tell me this. What? It, well, get, here's a random question. I'm putting you on the spot. You keep your. You said you vaulted your cards before we came on air. Where? What vault do you yeah. keep your cards in? I spread them across. Um, so usually, like, um, if I want something to store for the longer term, I'll store it at PWCC. Okay. Um, if I want to get like a quick shipment, um, I'll store them at Alt. Uh, main reason for that is like the turnaround time has to be a little faster. And then I also store some stuff uh, at the collector's vault. Uh, the PSA vault. Okay, so what's your experience been? I'm real familiar with PWCC because that's where all my stuff is. I put all my eggs in one basket for right or wrong. Little brain, less less stuff to understand, less usernames and passwords, <laughs> less confusion. Um, yeah. So, and I'm super OCD, so I like to have all my stuff in one spot. Uh, yeah. Tell me your experience with the alt vault. Has it been positive, negative, good, bad? What's the pros and what's our cons? What's what's different about the alt vault than say PWCC, which I am familiar with? Uh, that's a good question. Um, overall, my experience has been very positive. Uh, they unpack the packages in a day. They'll have everything scanned. Um, haven't had any issues with that. Um, when I withdraw something, like it's cheaper than PWCC. Um, mm -hmm. I think the withdraw fee it constantly changes, but right now it's capped at like thirty dollars max oh, per good. card per shipping uh, plus shipping. Yeah. So usually it'll cost like you know sixty dollars to withdraw a card, which like isn't bad at all. Oh no! Um, yeah. What else? Um, so I, I usually use them for speed. I think also like when I ship them out to customers, um, the card is like nicely packaged, so um, they, you know, people people like opening the the unboxing uh, unboxing experience, right? Yeah, the feedback they give you from the shipments that you send from your alt vault to them when you sell Here's a card is positive. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, previously I didn't store that many cards in a vault, yeah. uh, mainly because like, you know, I like seeing the cards in person. These cards yeah. are like my PC cards. I, you know, if I'm sitting in front of the computer, like I want to be able to like see them. Right. Yeah. That's, otherwise I, I just buy an NFT. Like, you know, I can just save that image on my computer. Right. Yeah. Um, I also like used to go to a lot of shows. So, like I used to bring them in like a Pelican case and like buy and sell them. Um, which is why I didn't want to like deal with the whole like back and forth shipping process. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people have a hesitancy to use the vault for that exact reason. Like that's the biggest drawback to the vault is you don't have your babies, right? You don't have them in your hands. You can't look at them that. And and it's a, you know, it is a necessary evil if you're vaulting. But what I think a lot of people who are anti-vault or who haven't yet like given it a chance, what they don't realize is like if I want a card out of my vault in my hand, like to go to the Dallas show, I'm going to the Dallas show this weekend. As late as Monday of this week, you know, I could have said, you know what, PWCC, here, I want this card. I want to bring these seven cards to the Dallas show and try to, you know, haggle and transition and get these cards moved or trade, buy, sell, trade, whatever. I could have got them in time. I could have got them in 48 to 72 hours if I wanted yep. to. Uh, and so I think a lot of people think there's some this permanency. Like if they're in the vault, they're in the vault. You're never going to get to look at them. That's not true. Uh, you got to pay a few bucks, you know, but I mean, uh, it's really not that expensive. Like you said, it's awesome that all caps your uh, like uh, submission request fee at 30 bucks plus shipping. That's pretty good. Now, what about collector's fault? How's that been? I know they're new as well. Um, everything's been good with them as far as interface, platform, and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, pretty easy to use. Uh, the cases where I've used them is like I've sent kind of like a as, as a test um, is to uh, ship cards that are graded by PSA directly to the collector's vault in Delaware. Mm -hmm. um, Right now, they they have some sort of promo where it's like it costs a dollar to like withdraw the card. Um, however, I think down the road the fee is about three percent if the card is kept in the vault for less than fewer than ninety days, and I think yeah. it's like some sort of like tax reason. Um, but but yeah, like my experience is pretty positive. Um, it did take a little longer to get my card, uh, yeah. but you know the card came safely, um, that's and that's cool. kind of the only thing that 
I want. So, so for practical purposes, and I'm thinking through this the way I am. So I've got two addresses on eBay, right? So yep. if I'm buying a raw card, usually if I'm, if, if Cajun Cardboard's bought a raw card, the reason I'm buying it is I intend to grade it. I'm a graded card collector only. So if I'm buying a raw card, I have it shipped to Baton Rouge. So I have that address saved as one of my primary addresses in eBay. I also have PWCC saved because I'm buying a card for my collection or and it's already slabbed. Then I will have those cards shipped directly to PWCC. So I have two options for what address my shipping address is on eBay. Do you use like so now four options? Is that how you do it? Four options. Uh, like all, all alt one shipping address. Uh, PSA is another shipping address. PWCC Vault is a shipping address, and then your home address if you buy a raw card. Or how do you how do you coordinate that? Like if you play the buy raw grade flip game, where are you having your raw cards shipped? Just out of curiosity, like from a practical standpoint. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I actually haven't played the buy raw and flip game in probably like a year and a half. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, like in the past year and a half, uh, my time was probably spent 50-50 like buying and selling graded stuff um, mm -hmm. and then working on Veriswap. Yeah. Um, and then since, uh, you know, March slash April of last year, uh, I've been working on Veriswap uh, full time. Gotcha. Well, that's it. Well, that's a great transition. So I want, I'm, you know, I wanted to bring you on the show, uh, and I always have to say this: Veriswaps doesn't pay me. Raymond's not paying me unless he wants to. I'll give you my address just in case you want to send a check. But <laughs> Raymond's a friend of mine, and uh, we've talked about Veriswap, and uh, and he's had me on his show, which was a blast, and I'm sure we'll do it again one way or the other on one of our shows. Uh, but I wanted to have you on here because you're my friend and uh, I've come to respect and trust you in the hobby. And I want you to have a platform to talk about your company. Anytime somebody has the balls and the courage to go start a new company in the hobby, I applaud them, man. And uh, and I want to give you every opportunity to kind of talk to people uh, that watch my show. They know that um, I don't BS them. I don't have anybody on my show that I don't have faith in or trust or uh, or endorse, but I did want to say there's no monetary incentive for me to endorse Veriswap. I don't even have, and I'll have to make a, a, an admission here, I don't even have a free account with Veriswap yet, but we're going to get set up. Raven's going to get me set up after the show. Uh, but I wanted you to kind of share your screen, uh, bring the people through, pretend that these people watching the show are as dumb as me. They're not, but pretend they have absolutely no experience whatsoever with Veriswap. Teach us like we're six-year-old children. Take us through the tutorial. We want to know more about what it's about, how to get involved with it, why I even need Veriswap, what does it bring to the table, and uh, and just kind of walk us through that process, Raymond. I mean, who better to walk us through the process than the CEO of the company? So tell us about Veriswap and, and let me ask some dumb questions along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to walk everyone through how to use it. Um, I can share my scene right now and then uh, walk through on a high level. So... Let's see. So for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Veriswap is the first. Can you see this? Uh, let me pull it up. Hang on. Add to stream. Yeah. Okay. Now we got it. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Cool. Uh, so Veriswap is the first platform where users can swap cards online. Um, this is a place where people can trade card for card or do partial cash deals. Um, and my main motivation for creating this um, was so that I could bring the trading experience that shows the trade night experience, like everyone really loves uh, to something that people can do like seven days a week when they're at their day job. Right. Yep. That was kind of like my, my inspiration behind this and something that I felt really passionate about. Um, so this is our homepage. We currently have $20 million in cards listed. Um, we have about 3000 cards and about 1,300 users. So this is uh, what it looks like. We can, because we just like scroll down, look at cards that people list. Um, so these are cards on your screen right now. You're scrolling through cards. Th these are not all the same owner. This is not like one owner showcase. These are just all sorts of cards that are on Veriswap listed for sale and or trade. Correct. Okay. What if I just want to buy a card? Is that you a can make is that offer too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it doesn't need to be card for card or card and cash for card, it could actually be just straight up cash for card, like buy. Exactly. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Um, it's also, uh, you can also use it to buy lots. For example, like on eBay, you can't really buy multiple cards at the same time. Yeah. Right. One shipping so fee, like, right? 
for you. Uh, like if I like if I buy from Veriswap, I can combine four. I could get you to ship me four cards if through Veriswap. These. Well, let me ask you this question. So this is the first dumb question. People are going to say, "Well, where are these cards? These cards are not at Veriswap's vault. They're not at, at Raymond's house in uh, Sydney, Australia. These are still sitting in these people's collections and or vaults." But Veriswap is an intermediary where the card kind of passes through Veriswap. And the Vera part is you guys verifying the authenticity, the condition, the slab, and all that stuff, right, in the middle of the transaction. So you're like a middleman, correct? Correct. Yeah. So uh, we, we believe that people, collectors as well as resellers, uh, want their cards in hand. Uh, so once a deal is agreed upon, both parties will ship their cards to Veriswap headquarters. We'll inspect it. Make sure that everything is good. Uh, we'll 100% ensure the shipping. So if something goes wrong, uh, we'll pay for everything, um, and then we'll ship the cards to uh, ship the cards to the right party. So awesome. yeah. I'm, I'm so basically, the way it works is. Sorry, continue. Yeah, I was gonna say I see some real bangers on the screen. Like I see that Vegas, that Vegas LeBron card, and I'm like, oh god, that looks good. What was the grade on that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have some pretty pretty nice cards here. Um, so this is what it looks like when you like pull open a card. You can view the person's inventory. You can see what they want. Uh, you can also propose a trade. Yep. So you can see all the cards that they have. Right. That's cool. So you could list, you know, with your cards, you could list uh, almost a request, almost like in a fantasy basketball league. When you list somebody on the trading block, you can say, look, I need steals, you know, and you can say that in these cards. You could list, you know, football cards and say, look, I'm only looking for Jordan stuff in return. And you kind of give people and walk them down the path of what you'd be looking for in return for a trade. That's a really, really cool option. That's a real thoughtful option right there. Kind of get you to the finish line quicker as far as the negotiation goes. That's really cool. Yeah, um, I, I think especially for like, you know, I probably, especially for collectors like you, right, who are like more particular with like, you know, what they want, like, you mm -hmm. know, you collect mainly Jordan, right? So we'll just pick this Jordan. Um, you know, like, you, you can kind of like confine your preferences so that people don't offer you, say, for example, like, you know, curry or yeah. something, right? Cards that you're not interested in. Um, so yeah, you pick cards that you're interested in from one user side, um, yep. and then you pick cards that you're interested in from your side. So these are my PC cards. Um, whoa, whoa, that's your cards right there? Yeah, they're not PC oh, cards. They're just cards that I, I still own. Well, we're going to have to talk about that orange Giannis up there in the top <laughs> left. No, I don't have that card yet. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> yours is a BGS 10 slab, damn it, which is probably a little out of my wheelhouse, but we'll talk later. You never know. I might have something you need. Yep. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a live transaction on Verislop. Um, yeah, these, these are cards that we can like offer a trade away. Uh, so say, uh, say I want to offer this Meyer and this, you know, Edwards gold, right? Yeah. I can, now there's cards on both sides inventory and also add cash. So say, for example, the trade is unbalanced. I want $50,000 in cash. Yeah. Um, and then we click propose trade and then it'll send an offer to the other person. So we actually handle all the cash payments. So we use something called Stripe, uh, yeah. which is basically like, uh, we believe it's a little bit better than PayPal. They pay out faster. They don't freeze mm -hmm. accounts. Uh, so this money gets deposited into your bank account. Um, and you know we handle all of that processing. I'm familiar with Stripe. I used uh, Stripe. I, I have a, a couple of other businesses here in town that uh, one of my friends uh, manages that I'm the owner of, and we use Stripe for our mobile uh, payments. So, like, we'll provide a service. For instance, the pressure washing business uh, and a car detailing business. You know, in those businesses, the customers often try to pay you at the site, at the site of the service, at their house or whatever. And you've got that little Stripe machine. You can run it. But Stripe is Stripe was great. It was super user friendly, easy to use. Um, you know, super solid from a privacy standpoint. I think it's really, really popular, uh, especially amongst mobile service providers uh, in America, for sure. So um, Stripe's got a great reputation in the business, for sure. That, that's a fact. That's a fact. Tell me, um, and, and I know you're going to get there. Let's say uh, I wanted to sign up. How much does it cost for me to sign up to be on Veriswap? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, so sign up is free. Your first trade is a dollar. Okay. Uh, we charge fees 3%. Um, after the first trade, uh, but we want you to, you know, experience the product for yourself, see if you like it before you, uh, you actually pay. Okay. And say it again. Three. Uh, what was the fee? It's 3% of the trade value. 
Okay. So do you pay? Uh, so there's two sides on this trade, let's say, right? And so uh, you've got the trader A, trader B. If they're both 50,000, they each come up with 3% of 50,000? 3% of the total trade value. So Okay. So, so you combine both sides and they each pay 3% of that. Yeah. It's approximately that there are, uh, the, the fee goes down from three to 2% uh, for amounts after $10,000. Uh, so it's kind of like eBay's where like the fee goes down as the amount goes up. Uh, but it. it's approximately 3%. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. And, and for those people watching, uh, scroll down. If you're watching the video, uh, don't stop the video, but at the end of the video, I'm going to have a link to Raymond's tutorial uh, that he posted on YouTube. I'm going to have that in the body of my description. And then I'm also going to link to the website for Veriswap. But the, the website's dummy proof, right? It's veriswap.com. I mean, you can't miss that. Yep. Um, I found it right away. It's the first thing that came up. So just search Veriswap on your Google, you know, Google search engine. Um, what else, Raymond? Tell us. Okay, so 3% fee. Uh, you can not only trade, you can trade in cash, or you can just straight up buy cards. Uh, you can buy multiple cards. So I could send an offer uh, to Mr. X for four of his cards for $12,000 and he's free to accept, reject, or, and, or I'm assuming counter offer. And in which case, then I'll have the opportunity to accept, reject, or counter offer. And then when a deal's consummated, those cards and my money fly through the air, theoretically, to the Veriswap, right? And you guys actually then take physical possession of those cards. Correct. And then, yep. and then your team inspects those cards to make sure they are what they are purported to be and what the buyer bargained to purchase. And then uh, from there, you guys repackage those cards and then ship them insured to the buyer. Correct. Yeah. So we'll pay awesome. for the second leg of shipping as well. Awesome. That's really cool. Okay. Uh, it sounds like this would be extremely um, beneficial for high end deals maybe international, especially international high-end deals where you want that middleman security and certainty that you're getting exactly what you're buying, especially if it's your first time with a transaction with this particular vendor or this particular trading partner. Is that fair? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right now we're US only, uh, but we plan on expanding to Canada next uh, okay. and then completely opening up to international customers down the road. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, what's the biggest card y'all have ever swapped? Don't, don't, if you can't reveal the card, just reveal the amount. Uh, oh yeah. It was actually public, um, on our Instagram story. Um, awesome. it was a trade that was approximately $60,000 in value, um, on each side. So about 120 K total value. Um, it was a 2003 LeBron tops contemporary gold out of 25 BGS nine on one side. Um, and then the other side was a bunch of, um, you know, a bunch of like other, cards that i'm not ben simmons prison uh, I base i can't remember but ben simmons prison it was probably like six or seven cards that were probably no it was it was 500 <laughs> ben simmons base prism psa nines <laughs> yeah deal you had to ship it in a in a in a container or those armor cargo containers. we do armor trucks only here for yeah yeah <laughs> over 100 uh, cards armor hey, look, i've seen that lebron gold contemporary collection that's a beautiful card man the very card. simple very elegant and the gold is a banger that's a huge card that's an awesome deal right there um by the way tell the people uh how they can follow veriswap on instagram yeah um so our instagram name is at and then veriswap mm -hmm. um and you know you can actually see a feed of transactions that we've done in the past uh so the ones that say real transaction our yeah. transactions that we've middlemaned. Um, awesome. This month we've middlemaned $900,000 in transactions, hopefully to close in uh, 1 million by the end of the month. You're gonna um, do it, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah, you can take a look at the transaction activity. A lot of people, uh, they, you know, they, they hear about us because they're interested in coming, like seeing their opinion on deals. So yeah, that's where you can find us on social media. Well, that's exciting. Look, that's one of those deals where, you know, and I, I'm kind of, you know, I started a channel, right? And I started a, a brand and it, it just takes time for your wheels to stop spinning and gain that traction. And then it gets easier and easier and easier because you've got more positive voices out there in the hobby vouching for you. So just like you're getting vouches for these parties on each side and then you're the middleman verifying the authenticity and the legitimacy of each of these parties, you know, there's people out there like me and some of the people watching this video, they're going to have a better feeling about Veriswap 
uh, about what they stand for, about the people involved, about getting to hear from the CEO. Uh, it's just going to take time. And uh, I believe in you guys. And, you know, I know, um, you know, just from seeing, I know you got the capacity to run this thing because I, you moderate one of the biggest Facebook pages in the universe, or at least you used to. Are you still uh, a Facebook page moderator as well, Raymond? Yeah. Uh, so I run NBA Hotspot, uh, Bowman Chrome High Roller, um, as well as my personal group, Asian Cards. That's awesome. Uh, and then tell people how many members that Hotspot page has. I know it's a lot. Uh, it's around 32K. Uh, 32,000. 11 Asian Cards, I think, has around three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the goal, yeah, like you hit it, you hit it on the head. I think the goal is to uh, move transition the Facebook training activity, which I think is like super inefficient uh, mm-hmm. and like unsafe to the Veriswap platform yeah. where everything is 100% secure. You know you're going to get your cards. There's no chance yeah. of you ending up with an empty box. And look, I'm telling you, look, here's the deal. The one thing that I've learned in the hobby is that when people out there, Raymond, try to cut corners and save pennies here and there, uh, especially on you know relatively high-end transactions, people either, if you're going to do this on your own and you want to kind of say, I don't need Veriswap, I'm on my own, for God's sakes, go over and above and don't be afraid to vet the people that you're trading and or buying from or selling to. Uh, but don't be afraid to spend the 3% uh, to get that peace of mind and that certainty and eliminate that anxiety and uh, and just make sure you're getting what you bargained for. If you're doing a quid pro quo, you want to make sure you're getting what it is you're paying for and or trading for. Um, and so, uh, you know, the next best thing to just making a deal with a dealer at a card show face-to-face is Veriswap. It sounds like to me, it sounds pretty digestible and user-friendly and, uh, and easy to enter. Unlike our hobby, uh, it seems like it's easy to use Veriswap. Um, but, uh, what, what do we, should we, should I try to strong arm you and like talk to you right now about getting you down on that, uh, orange prism, uh, Giannis? Is now the time you want me to put the pressure on you with all my viewers watching the show? Let's do it. Let's do it. Could this be the biggest <laughs> deal ever done on, on YouTube? On the very top platform. Let's take a look. <laughs> so we have, let's see. Again. Pull up your cards. I want to see your showcase. Let's yeah. talk about that. We got, we got maybe 13, 14 minutes. Let's just start going through your showcase. And, uh, and I want to ask you questions about some of the cards that you pull up, if you can get that screen share back up, um, because you've got a great collection. I mean, that's another thing about my channel is I like to share my collection with people. I like to bring on other monster collectors. Um, you've got, you, you know, you've got the benefit of knowing so many people in the hobby, being the moderator of, uh, of the page that I'm most familiar with is NBA hotspot. And there's some absolutely huge cards that I see on there. Um, you know, I mean, you're looking at, you know, the Giannis card right there, which you've got relatively fairly valued at 70,000. There's no doubt about that. The 9.5 is probably more in my wheelhouse. Uh, but that's a monster card. What's that Kobe right there? That refractor Kobe over here. Yeah. So this one uh, is speaking of PC cards. Uh, this is one of PC cards. Um, I bought it on golden about a year ago. I bought it because there was absolutely no greening. Like if you look really closely at it, there's not, and it's a five. It, it, it's a five. Um, I what think are we waiting like, on? What are we waiting on? You know on what it. to do with that. <laughs> Just crack it out, put it in a one. Yes. Well, yeah. that or send it to BGS or send it back to PSA. There's no way it's going to get a five again. That card looks good. Yeah, you're right. There's no yeah. greening on that card. That's always the issue. What's the problem? Is there like a tack in the back of it or something? The centering looks okay. The back centering looks okay. What's the five? The looks perfect. Yeah, it, it, it looks perfect. Um, I yeah, I think we graded it at Mike Baker actually, and it got like a I think it was like a black or gold diamond. I don't remember which one it was. Um, but 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 yeah, um, this is one of my favorite cards I own. Uh, because I, I really, it looks beautiful without the greening. Yeah. Uh, it just looks like almost like ghostly blue. Uh, and this is one of my favorite cards that I own. So. Well, that's enough on Kobe. I don't collect Kobe. So get him off the screen. What else do we have? <laughs> I see, I see Acuna there. Okay. Uh, I see yeah. that's a big, that's a big exquisite Jordan you've got there, my friend. That's a monster. Yeah. So this is actually a friend. Uh, this is my friend from Australia. Uh, we're trying to list some Australian cards on the exchange. Okay. Uh, but beautiful. Uh, Ed, if you're watching this, uh, this is your beautiful three color patch, exquisite from 09. Uh, it's a BGS7. The patch on these is like pretty tough. I mean, like the window is not very big. Usually it's mm-hmm. like a napkin or it's like two colors max. Yeah, to fit three in there, fit three colors in there is tough. I, I guess how many exquisite cards I own? Zero. Am yeah. I right? You watch my, <laughs> you watch my channel. I, I was just testing you. You know. 
I, 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 I have a good idea of what you collect. I, I feel like you have good taste. Yeah. Um, Guess how many I wish I owned. <laughs> a lot more than zero. That, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, keep scrolling. Let's look at some more. What do we have? A Ronaldo over there? Ronaldo patch auto? Another Ronaldo, Ronaldo patch auto? Okay. I really like these cards because it's Ronaldo's only patch auto and it's game worn. Yeah, you don't see – yeah, it's Wallace, so it's game worn for sure. You don't see a lot of uh, patch auto soccer cards, at least in my experience. I've started, uh, Raymond, to dabble in the soccer world a little bit. I've kind of stayed in my lane. I've really only messed with Erling Haaland rookie cards and maybe a couple of different variations. Uh, but when I do search, um, you just don't see a lot of patch auto cards out there. I feel like soccer, you know, you got your stickers, obviously, and you got your your sticker collectors. But then when you get into the card stuff, people are like hyper-focused on, you know, the parallels and the refractors more so than the, the patch autos, which is a really big deal for like football and basketball card collectors. Patch autos are huge. Um, but I feel like you get more of the chromey parallel colored, you know, color serial number collectors and stuff like that in soccer. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely more of the non-auto sticker stuff uh, for sure. And then like, I think um, a lot of the patch autos in soccer, they're not like patch autos, they're like shoe autos. Yeah. You have like the, it's like a picture of uh, like a cutout of a shoe, uh, which I feel like I, I don't like as much because they're typically like not as much color. I like seeing the actual jersey. Agreed. Agreed. Um, what do we have here? So, oh, LeBron credentials. Um, there was a point I owned like four of them. Um, I took a big bath on a nine point BGS nine point five yeah. <laughs> that I bought. I think I bought it for hundred eleven k on alt. I sold it for like sixty something k. Raymond, no, don't tell me stories <laughs> like that. Because <laughs> so, uh, I've taken a bath on LeBron cards too, but I'm dollar cost averaging, my friend. I am still. Exactly. Buying into this LeBron crash. I am buying into it. I, I just believe long-term. Is that a freaking Diamond Dimensions, uh, Jordan? Diamond Dimensions, Jordan. I'm, I'm sorry, not Diamond Dimensions. A Profiles 3? Yes. Uh, so this oh, is also wow. my friend. Uh, he's yeah, a big yeah. Jordan collector in Australia. That's um, a big card. What's his name? What's his What's his IG tag? Uh, Ed Lee. Okay. Maybe I'll have to yeah. reach out to him afterwards. Yeah, that profile is serial number to 100. That's a big card. And BGS 9 yeah. is a good grade for that card, too. That's a big card right there. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, and then no, Legacy Collection right Legacy next to it. Legacy Collection is at a 150. Um, yeah. So some of the stuff, like, uh, to be completely honest, like, is over market value. Um, so we are integrating with uh, market movers uh, by the end of the month to okay. surface any pricing inaccuracy. So you can tell instantly uh, what's fairly valued and what's not. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. So we have some of Holmes. Um, I really like this. Honest I like nineties numbered nineties inserts. They're really cool. Of course, of course. What's the deal with the Dominguez kid? I'm not a baseball guy, but I know you know he was at the top of the mountain, and now he's at the bottom of the mountain. And you know, in baseball, it's tough to prospect. Where are his cards at? I haven't really looked, and I'm not really an expert. But is it just one more year? Like, did they think he was supposed to be up this year, and and it was just like a you know he just never was. Yeah, I mean, I kind of just bought into the hype. Uh, this is like another example. Similar to the <laughs> that was honest. I don't know. I have no idea who the guy is. Somebody told me he was good, so I bought him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of like you win some, you lose some, right? Uh, yeah. I, I think I paid close to $10,000 um, for it raw. Uh, yeah. And now it's PSA 10. It's probably worth around seven. Yeah. So baseball you know, you some, is different. It's just tough, man. It's just There's so much lag between you know, when you, when you need to buy them and then when they actually get to the damn majors, it's like, it's rough, man. It's rough. Yeah. Ooh, that's a cool Bowman, uh, Bowman gold, Kobe. That's a really good looking card right there. 2003 Bowman Chrome refractor gold. That's yeah. a cool card, Raymond. Yeah. I, that, yeah, I, I, I love this one. The, the Jersey matches the background of the card. Of course. Yeah. Also, Bowman Chrome golds look almost better than Topps Chrome gold to me. They just spark. You know, I saw the LeBron. There was a LeBron 9.5 Chrome gold that sold recently for a gazillion dollars. And it was just like eye popping, man. That Bowman Chrome gold, especially from that year. I see your early Holland right there. Okay. That's nice. The Holland, like Holland Sapphire. Green Sapphire. Yeah. Tell me this. Uh, if you had to divide yourself, collector and investor, what percentage? collector and what percentage investor and it's okay if you say zero 100 but just what what do you think it is if you looked in the mirror and told the truth uh i would say zero percent investor 30 percent flip a uh, 70 flipper and 30 percent collector okay so i actually don't invest in anything 
You're, you're looking to move every, every, there's a price for everything unless it's something you're going to tuck away forever. So you, uh, by the way, go back up that golden touch right there. PSA eight. We yeah. need to talk about that. Is that yours or is that your buddies? Uh, it's mine. Okay, good. I might need to talk to you about that. I, I don't <laughs> know if you've heard yet, but, uh, I am a dumbass, and I have decided, you know, I collect high end Michael Jordan where I'm trying to get the best cards and the highest grades. And that's very expensive. I have decided to start a secondary Jordan PC in PSA 8 only. Is that weird? So I'm collecting the same cards that I'm trying to get in PSA 10. I'm also going to start a PSA 8 only collection. Uh, so I can buy more cards for less money. And it's more fun and more mail days and more sharing and more talking and uh, more variety and just more, more, more. And so uh, uh, that's a golden touch. That golden touch PSA 8. We'll talk about that. We might be able to get a deal done. Yeah. That's cool. And, uh, I really like this card. Like Dunkin' Go Nuts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough card. I, I looked at uh, picking, I've got a 9.5 and it's real clear. Uh, I looked at a PSA 10 in the PWCC weekly auction that just closed uh, two nights ago from when we're filming this and uh, it had a little yellowing. So I passed. Uh, it was a PSA 10, but it, it didn't look as good as my 9.5. So I had to pass on that one. Um, yeah. Nice records collection, Jordan down there. I see you got some Lewis Hamilton. You got a Wander Franco autograph refractor. That's cool. Uh, we're still waiting on him to show up. Yep. Um, how are you doing in your Lewis Hamilton uh, venture here? Uh, I used Did, to have like some like more higher end stuff, uh, but this yeah. stuff like from 2021, I feel like people yeah. um, is not super popular. Um, I also feel like the hype around him has like kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, yeah. he, you know, he hasn't been doing well this season. Uh, I, like I don't, I don't think he's won once. Yeah, it sounds like the other guy for Stappen's running the show, huh? Is he just kind of playing? Uh, yeah, but like, also I learned the other day that this is actually his first licensed product. Uh, okay. The Futera from 2006 is actually unlicensed, despite like how oh. expensive that that card is. Um, so, oh. yeah, like I. So, who's your primary PC? Like, just straight up, hey man, I'm never selling this card. Do you? How many cards did you did you say? There's not a price. This is my card. This is my collection. This means too much to me. I'm not selling it. Is there one? Five. Five. Of them. Talk, yeah. talk, talk, um, talk to me. What are those five cards? We want to know what Raymond the Collector. The very small percentage that's Raymond the Collector. I want to know what those five cards are. Yeah. Um, so that Kobe Refractor. Uh, okay. Those price on it would never sell it. Um, unless actually the caveat is like, unless it's a higher grade, unless that's right. Okay. Grade, Another higher grade, grade is not green. Yeah. Equally as perfect. Um, or like I haven't seen one yet where like BJ's M5 that's like equally as perfect. Like I would yeah. pay through the nose for that. Um, so that card, um, uh, my favorite set of all time is the 2019 Kobe select in flight. Um, uh, rumor has it that, you know, he signed it two days before he died. I heard uh, beautiful on card auto. Um, it's all, it's like super, it's like kind of eerie, right? Like, you know, you have like, it's like literally his last year. He's like, and it's called in flight. Um, the design on that is really cool. He's like dunking to the left. It's a throwback from, I think 2004 tops from 2005 it. tops from, yep. they use the same image. Um, so that is super cool. Um, so I have a couple of those. Um, I have a silver out of 99. I have a gold. There's a tie dye out there, which I think is there not? Is there not a tie dye from that select in flight? There's, there's a tie dye, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I bought a few of those before. Uh, I, I think out of the back in my grading days, I graded I, I, I graded like probably like half of that population because I was like <laughs> literally have it. I have done that with certain cards too. Not that <laughs> not that important, but I've done the same thing. In fact, I think I had ninety percent of the Anthony Simons population right. <laughs> Prism at one point, uh, I think I was the <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that card, the, the gold, um, I have one of those, yeah. I want to get more, but they're kind of expensive. I think the last 9.5 did like 45k. Oof, um, what because people, I guess, people really like it's like last year, it's kind of like they know it's his last autograph, yeah. Most people are like looking for the first, the first, the first. Well, Kobe and his untimely passing, the last also matters, man, yeah, for sure. What else? I want the black, I want the black one of one, yeah. Black one of one is I actually don't know if it exists. Yeah, uh, Kobe's your primary PC then. Kobe's your guy I that, that one of the cards. Um, I was, so those were Ronaldo flawless patch autos. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I would sell those. Uh, yeah. They're kind of listed to uh, on the Verisol platform, uh, to kind of like get more eyeballs on it. Yeah. Um, but I would not sell those. And the main reason for that is just like 
I think they're iconic. Um, it's like beautiful cards. I, I, actually, actually, I kind of changed my mind uh, with what I said earlier. Um, I would say like those are investment cards. So maybe yeah. like I'm 10% investor, 70% uh, flipper and 20% collector. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say like that's probably the accurate breakdown. But like those I think are like great investments. Um, and I'm trying to get more of those. Um, actually a true vertical flawless of the uh, Ronaldo flawless patch auto, which I think there's only 10 copies around the world. I've seen one. It's in China. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to chase one of those. Dude, China's um, just north of you. Just just take a boat right up there. It's right there, man. Yeah, it'll be, right it'll, it'll, it'll be easy. Yeah, just go in, uh, pick it up, come back. <laughs> just back rent a boat, man. What's the big deal, right? It's just north. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Uh, that's awesome. You've got some incredible cards. What I'm impressed with is like I've grown my collection and it's like 99.9% .9 basketball. But just that showcase that you showed us is like I saw F1. I saw baseball. I saw baseball prospects. I saw soccer prospect. I saw soccer goats with the Ronaldo patch autos. I saw, you know, Giannis. I saw LeBron, like big time LeBron and Jordan cards. The breadth of your collection is super impressive, man. And that's something that uh, I can't go down that path, but I, I've been in the hobby long enough to respect the people who can. Um, like I, I hit record and I talk about only basketball because my brain is not big enough to, to speak intelligently and confidently about all the different sports and even understand all the products. So to do what you do, run this company and then collect so many different types of cars is really impressive. And, uh, and it's admirable, man. And, uh, and look, you know, we'll, we'll wrap it. It's, it's right at an hour, but you are always welcome on the show. Uh, I'd like to have you on maybe in six months to kind of touch base and see where Veriswap is, um, yes. you know, and, and see where your dollar volume transaction is. And if there's anything new that you brought to the platform, uh, or any innovative changes or patches that you've put on the software to, to change it and to upgrade it. And uh, and I know for a fact, you're going to have some great stories. Start writing down these trades. Like that's what people want to hear about, right? As long as there's no privacy concerns, we want to see some of the big cards that were traded. And I know the people that watch my channel uh, love to see huge cards. And I know you get to uh, you get to see that a lot, moderating the NBA hotspot page. Yeah. By the way, viewers, if you're not on Facebook and Instagram, shame on you. Get on Facebook Get on Instagram. Go follow Veriswap on uh, Instagram. On Facebook, go check out the NBA Hotspot page. They do tons of really cool stuff. People post cards for sale or trade all the time. It's a great place if you're looking for obscure cards, if you're trying to put a set together or something like that, and you're like, hey, I'm looking for you know, 19, you know, 98 Intimidation Nation Sean Kemp. I would be shocked if one of those 32,000 members didn't say, hey, I've got three of those or something like that. Anything you're looking for, you can find it on the NBA Hotspot page. Raymond, I don't know if I told you this. That was my first page that I ever joined. That was my first experience using uh, social media in the hobby because I was just the guy who sits at his computer and clicks on eBay and buys cards. I didn't share those cards with anybody. I didn't talk about it with anybody. And then I was on Facebook and I was like, I just searched basketball cards. And, and for some reason, NBA hotspot came up and I was like, God dang, there's like thousands and thousands of people on this page. Let me see what it's about. And it was brilliant and it was fantastic. And that took my collecting to the whole next level because then I could share my cards and find cards that I was looking for. So uh, kudos to that guys uh, and gals, if you're watching this show, go subscribe to that uh, NBA hotspot page on Facebook. It's awesome too. And Raymond runs the show with that as well. So uh, Raymond, any last words, uh, spread those roots in Australia. It's going to take you no time at all to meet some of the goat collectors down there. And you're one of them. So it's going to be uh, fun. Make sure you have fun at the show this weekend. And I'll try to do the same. I'm gonna try to upload some content for you guys uh, from the Dallas show. And then and you're going, you are you going to show in Sydney? In Sydney. Yeah. Oh God. So jealous. It's right there. I got to drive seven hours, man. Drive seven hours. Uh, not <laughs> yeah. the worst. It's not the worst. It's not a 15 hour flight. It's only seven hours. So I can't complain. And it's one of the biggest shows in the country. So I'm pretty lucky. For That's once, true. Baton Rouge, Louisiana is kind of lucky that I'm close to a big show. You know, most everything else is on the East Coast or West Coast or, or up north in the Midwest. But um, so hopefully we'll both have great show experiences and, uh, and grow our brand a little bit more. If you ever want anything from the Cajun cardboard channel, man, it's yours. It's an open platform. I appreciate your time and, and appreciate you joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really thankful, uh, for the opportunity to be on today. Uh, I think you asked a lot of really interesting questions. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, if there's anything that Verisoft or anyone, 
Uh, if anyone has any feedback on the platform, uh, feel free to message me at any time on the VeraSwap um, Instagram account. Uh, the only way we can make this product better is if we actually like uh, take next steps in accordance with what people actually want versus what we think is good. So that's it. That's uh, feel free to reach out anytime, either you, Brian, or anyone listening to this, uh, yeah. I'm reachable anywhere. Yeah, and, and look, if you have any any questions about Veriswap or Raymond's collection, just don't, nothing about the orange prism, Giannis, that's mine, so hands off there. <laughs> but any other questions you have, put in the comments. If you're watching and you want to know something, or maybe I didn't ask a question that I should have just because I'm not familiar enough with it, put those questions in the comments and, and we'll check the comments and I'll put you guys in touch with Raymond and you can go find him on the Veriswap page on Instagram, like he said. Uh, he's an open book. I've never, I mean, great communicator. I've never had a problem hearing back. That's my pet peeve in this hobby, Raymond, is like, if I send a message, to somebody just respond even if your response is no or get lost just respond just don't let it linger there and so uh dealing with you is a joy and a pleasure and easy and you you're very responsive just like i am so i'm sure if you're watching and you want questions you have questions for raymond he's going to get you answers quick and get you the right answer so uh, as always thanks for joining the channel guys uh watching and gals uh can't tell you how much i appreciate you sharing the, the time to watch the channel you could have watched anything you wanted but you chose to watch this one and listen to me and raymond bounce some uh, card talk off of each other keep collecting stay positive in the hobby and peace